This episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast is brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a look at their full range of top quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we are talking to, and it's been a long time coming, I feel like, we're talking to Amber Jones. Amber and I have connected, like so many who have been on this podcast, over social media, over our shared love with agriculture, and also, you know, kind of our, both of our mental health journeys being rooted in deep faith and i thought this was a very important time for her and i to come together as i'm 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 at a pinnacle point i feel like in my faith journey something this year that has just really turned in me and um and i and i'm wanting to and it's just really helped my own mental health and i want to talk to others that have had similar experiences and again amber's been supposed to be on the podcast for over a year now uh, we just had scheduling conflicts so uh amber i appreciate your patience with me and welcome to the egg state of mind podcast absolutely i think all of us and your audience as well understand farm life has a mind of its own a schedule of its own and we just try to stay caught up <laughs> yeah it's it's tough it's tough i know but uh i'm glad you know it was like you say we if there was if it was supposed to happen it's going to and here we yeah, are absolutely. we made it finally happen so tell us a little bit about yourself about your story your background and then we'll just kind of go from there we'll talk about your ministry we'll talk about just just whatever honestly we whatever comes down the pipe yeah well i think it's kind of fun to start with the fact that I am living my unexpected best life. I am downtown Cincinnati, born and raised. And so I did not ever in my wildest dreams picture myself uh, living on a farm. Um, Actually, in high school, that would not have been like most likely to be a farm wife. I was that very, very stereotypical city girl. And so when I met my husband, he came to the Bible college where my dad worked, um, small Bible college, downtown Cincinnati. And he just came for a year of Bible classes before he went into his field, which is veterinary medicine. And so I knew he's going to be a veterinarian. And I used to tease like, I'm, I'm okay with all this as long as Walmart isn't a day trip. Cause I'm not doing the whole, like, get dressed up kids. We're going to Walmart, you know? And so I like to say he slow boil frogged me Um, (laughs) (laughs) because we did MSU, like Michigan State. And that's, you know, I'm living downtown Lansing. This is great. 
we move about 25 minutes out to a practice and now we're a full 45 minutes from quotes town you know uh-huh, covid uh-huh. hit and i was like wow i already feel practice i already shop every two weeks <laughs> in the middle of nowhere but but really really love it and and that's some of what i think you know when i when you and i were kind of texting back and forth about what to talk about today i had to choose this life like when I came out here, when yes. we first moved to the farm in 2011, I was like, I'm a public speaker. I'm a writer. I'm in the middle of literally three cornfields. Like, why am I here? God, why did you put me here with the giftings you gave me? And mm-hmm. that kind of that resentment too. I think any farm wife may be able to understand this. Like the farm seems to come before the house. You know, there's always that joke about like, we're waiting on the kitchen, that farmhouse kitchen. Everybody's got a cuter one from Hobby Lobby than I have real. (laughs) But, (laughs) but as time went on and I got over my pity party, started realizing, wow, this is a slower life. I have nothing distracting me from doing my mental health work that desperately needed done. That time of growing up in Cincinnati at a Bible college was really wrought with behind the scenes uh, childhood abuse and dysfunction that nobody knew about. And we lived the classic Midwest conservative Christian look, skirts, buns, the whole thing. And yet behind closed doors, there was a whole different story going on. And when I got married, I brought that in to our marriage that way of like ain't no man ever gonna you know and and so by then we'd been married um a good what we got married in 2003 so almost 10 years and by then Darren had just so graciously earned my respect like I couldn't help but give it to him because he's he's such a gentleman he's such a a good kind person And so he had won me over and I realized, wow, the way I'm treating him, my defenses, some of my communication style that helped me survive as a child, they're not working Mm, now. mm -hmm. This isn't working in our relationship. Um, And I don't need some of those same skills anymore. Now they're a detriment. So I went back to do my work. And as I sat out here on my farm, it really gave that space to say, wow, who, who am I really like, you know, without putting that front on without saying, you know, Ooh, gross. That's a city thing. You know, I just, I just do this beef comes in cellophane. You know, I don't, I don't scoop things. (laughs) I started trying to say, okay, if I want to build, not only finding out who I am, but build Mm -hmm. my relationship with my husband to be deeper and authentic and, and just true. Let me see what he finds so beautiful about living on a farm. What is it Mm. that draws him here to work the 60 hour work he does as a veterinarian and still come home and farm. And so I started just trying to intentionally get into his world and find the beauty in it. And, and that's really where things started to change for me. We became the team of us is the way we call it. You know, I mean, it's not always easy you know this i mean some of those years of like rolling out hay bales in the winter and you're like taking turns getting back in the truck 
warming your hands while you pull a few forward, the tractor's down. So you're like out there with the truck in the field, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I started learning like, wow, there's more to me, first of all, than I even realized it was so empowering because I realized, wow, I can get down dirty and like help pull a calf out and put my hand in there and, and do this. But I also started finding the beauty of just being out in nature and having the mm. right equipment was mm -hmm. part of it. I'm still all about a mech boot, you know, <laughs> like right, right. but you know, just choosing his world and becoming a team in that way. That's really interesting because, you know, and I find that out a lot, there's, I mean, there's, there, there's plenty of couples who, you know, both grew up in it, but I'm finding more and more that there's a lot that are more like you and us mm -hmm. really. I mean, not really. It is. Carrie didn't grow up on the farm. It was actually more like baptism <laughs> by fire for her instead of the, you know, gradual, like it was with you. I mean, she moved straight to my, where I, we live today. And, you know, I, I already had my own herd of cows and, you know, so, I mean, it was much bigger shock to her than, than it was to you, I think. Um, but anyway, regardless, I mean, it's, it's all like a, it's a, it is a thing you have to learn. And I think like, and I, and, and I think you bring up a really good point just about marriages in general, in that mm -hmm. like, it's, you still, you do, yeah, yeah, yes, you're each your own people, but you also, you have to like, you have to synergize, you have to do things together, you have to kind of take on one another's passions to a certain extent as right. well. And that's for, if nothing else, just for the health of the marriage. Right. Yeah. And he has definitely gotten into my world as well. I can hear kind of that question like, well, did you only, were you the only one that had to, you know, move on that? Like the woman of was the one that, no, he, he did the same. I mean, if I'm out there helping him with his chores, I still have things to do when I got in here to the house. And mm -hmm. so he would he was very good about coming in and saying, okay, well, how can I help alleviate? Cause I know you've just helped me outside. Let's work together and we'll get dinner and the kids and all of that. But, but also as we've moved into grace story, which is the ministry I founded in 2019, we had women's conference. And so he's made it a priority to be there and help with the kids and, and, awesome. you know, he, and, and, one of the things that the men that come is like, it's the best women's conference they've ever attended, <laughs> but now, now launching men's to see him jump in to being a part of that and just seeing how uh, this mental health side of things, how important it is and, and being able to push that as well, even though it wasn't maybe his first baby either. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm interested in how, you kind of mix faith and mental health. I mean, to me now, like it's, I, th I feel like it's, I mean, how do you not mix them right. like now? But I, I, I don't, I don't know if I always felt that way. And I think other people would say the same. So like, how do you mix that? How do you kind of combine the two into one? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that often people do think they're separated. Like, automatically they just kind of think well that's that's a church thing and that's a faith thing and then this is a mental health thing and what i think is interesting is that 
in this is just my opinion with what I've worked with. So Grace Story has been going since 2019. It's an interdenominational. So across the board, we have multiple, quite a few denominations and kind of backgrounds. I mean, from from Catholic to evangelical to, you know, just like it, it just we were kind of run the gamut at conference. And we talk about whole person healing. And so it's not just like, well, I have relational wounding or I have emotional wounding because I lived with a narcissist or I have physical, I was either sexually assaulted or because of physical abuse that happened, I was over-disciplined or um, that sort of thing. And then there's also, well, you know, there's spiritual abuse and that would be if you went to church. Actually, what we find is those are almost more like a Venn diagram and we like to approach them as boxes. So we like to put it in the spiritual box and then say, but my relationships are fine. We see it more as a Venn diagram where everything overlaps a little bit. And that spiritual aspect, even if you're not a person of faith, I mean, we have, we have friends that are not like wouldn't consider themselves religious. And we have people in our grace story community, even though they know we're, you know, unashamed biblical background, like they say, you know, I love the help that you're giving and it's practical to all humans. And so can I be here? And we're like, absolutely. Uh, This isn't, you know, this isn't a Christian only club. This is, Mm -hmm. this is for people that are in relationship and, you know, that has, there's unique tools that we need to equip ourselves with. But because of that, so that spiritual element, even if you don't consider yourself a person of faith, you have an opinion about faith. You do have some part of you that's either reaching for God or running from God or just kind of neutral saying, you know what, I'm just not even thinking about that right now. But if you get in a conversation about faith, you have an opinion. I mean, most people Mm -hmm. either they may avoid that conversation, but you have an opinion. And that is the lens through which you see the spiritual aspect of your life, whether you think of yourself as a faith community person or not. And so for me, I definitely, like I said, I I grew up in a very conservative faith community. Um, When we got married, Darren's dad is a pastor, you know, our that church was close by. We just started going to that one. And so we were part of a church for 18 years from the time we got married. And then just in the last two years, we, we went through because of starting grace story actually, um, and differences of opinion around this subject of should mental health be in the church or is God the only way, like, is God, the only God in the Bible, the only thing you need to fix it. And and that difference of opinion of us saying uh, God gave us physicians and counselors and tools and medicine. Yes. And yes. the, you know, we're really grateful for all the things we have at our disposal that help heal our bodies now. And we have so much more through research and evidence. I mean, we know how the brain works. It's not Which made up. All of that and all of that. And that, that's the argument I have, uh, you know, yeah. when people say, well, do they belong together? I'm like, that all came from God. Right. Like, I mean, regardless of if you're actually, you know, reading through scriptures and this is what the scripture says to do, or this is what a doctor at UCLA right. has found is, to me, they come from the same right. place. Like, I, if it's good, right. 
it came right. from God. And one of the arguments that was used during that time of back and forth was, well, you know, Sigmund Freud and all these kind of theories. Well, if if you believe that all truth originates with God, if that is a part of your solid faith foundation, which it is for Darren and I, if truth originates with God, then truth is truth, no matter where it comes from. Right. Because it, who? Right, that's, I mean, that's it does like, who it comes from, because yeah. it originates with God. So great. If he uses, if he used Freud to come up with something good, that's good. And then, you know, what is humanistic? Throw that out. That's okay. Like you can, there's many times that we accept something and say, yeah, but you know, and, or read a book and we're like, well, you know, that, that doesn't quite line up with what I believe to be true or what I find to be true in the Bible or whatever. And, and so we're already sifting through things if we're trying to grow our spiritual walk. And so why would that be different if, why would we not sift through and find the truth and find the good for mental health? Right. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's super interesting. You know, for, for me, my, my faith has changed dramatically over the years as far as, you know, the seriousness to which I've come to it. But I can always say like the more, the more I have like dove into faith, the better my mental health has always become. Right. It's never been like, oh, I dive in the faith. I get more spiritual. I read the scriptures more, but my mental health suffers right. because of it. No, that never, that right. never happens. You know, like they, they're directly proportional, right. you know, they, they correlate positively with one another. So like, that's always, that's, you know, another, that's another really, it's just another really big tool in my mental health toolbox is that I do take the time to, to explore my faith and, and to expand, expand yeah. upon it. And, and even I'm sure your wife, Carrie would, would jump on this, but whether you're a person of faith or not, the evidence is there for quiet time, meditation, focusing yes. on, on something outside of ourselves and service towards others and how that, you know, so so there are people who are understanding these elements still work, even if they're not part of the faith community. But when you have the security that comes from a trust outside of yourself, when I'm not responsible for controlling myself and my environment, and I can look to God to help me through those, that brings an element that I, I don't know how people without faith really are able to to do it you know i mean it's just a whole different yeah i mean a whole different level of peace when you know you can communicate with someone who has your back so and i'm i'm curious as you have grown up in a church in some capacity yeah. pretty much forever has has there ever been a time where you questioned the existence yes. of god so i think that's that is a really great segue to say that turmoil in the last couple of years actually led to us leaving the faith community that we've been a part of since i was born really and that my husband was born into and so we're still we would still consider ourselves evangelical but we're we're not a part of that more tight knit group and community that we were. Grace story was just so for sure given to me 
by God that when it was like, you need to choose um, between helping people and creating safe, sacred spaces where healing can be found for people, which, you know, that's not how they worded it, but that's how we word it. And being a part of this faith community on several different levels from the leadership down to our local church, we were asked basically to leave. And so for us, it wasn't like we left the church of our youth. We were set outside of that because we were doing a work that God called us to do. And we just kind of woke up one day and it's like, we, how did we get out here? And what do we do? Because this is all we know. You were forced out. We were, we, yeah, basically it was like, well, um, so I just want to make sure I'm like hearing yeah. you right. Yeah. So, so it was one of those things where, um, so there's like a, a conference, you know, like churches have their different conferences where you, you can put like the several thousand churches together that, and that leadership said, uh, yeah, you're, you're not welcome back here. You're kind of a threat. You're causing disruption here that is not working. And so Grace Story isn't welcome here. If you want to come here, fine. I tried one more conference and it was just, you just knew uh, you're identified. And, and so it was very awkward. And then, and based and on, but based on what though, what, like, based what was, on what was our position with grace story being, being one that says, um, we believe that the Bible is integrated with mental health, that all truth comes from the Bible and that you can have these tools and resources for people and it didn't, and and that you can open to other faith communities to come into the same place and have a place where everyone is safe to heal. You know, the body of Big C Church, not just our little sect, and we can come together and and heal together as a body. And that was a little bit threatening. Like we have our rules, we have our the way we do things, and if you're not willing to check those boxes, um, that's not something that that we can promote or welcome here. So, so I'm just trying to like <laughs> wrap my head yeah. around it. So like in our church, um, you know, somebody would be re- membership withdrawn mm-hmm. uh, based on if they are like preaching apostasy. Right. Okay. Like, like antagonistic like false- towards the church. Yeah. 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 A, a pre- false doctrine. Right. If I mean to, you know, and I, and I guess maybe still they might consider what you're saying false doctrine. I'm just yeah. trying to, you know, like de- devil's advocate right. here. Um, it really. But you're helping people. This, though. Like this that's, is you the know, thing. They, they went so far as to say, we understand the need for what you're doing. So it wasn't that it was like, we, we know that what we're asking is petty, but we've died too hard on this hill of X, Y, Z. Um, insert, you know, don't paint your nails or don't wear makeup or, you know, these kind of Ah, exterior standards and and you're allowing these things. And so we can't support you. Like you can't, you can't come back here and, um, and promote that because it's threatening to the community because we don't support that. Very interesting. One thing led to another with a local church and that's its own kind of big story. But it was like, well, we believe in you. Um, We're okay with you coming back. But at that point, it was just so, it was just, there was so much hurt 
that had happened over the two years, too many conversations, too many, like sure. too many things that had happened. They're too hard to get into in this short amount of time, but, um, letters from bullies that were like private, you know, like sent privately and said, you know, you're, you're selfish and self-serving. The church knows you're trying to destroy it. Like just these things where we're like, we've got to go somewhere else just where we can breathe and heal. So the local church had said, well, you're welcome to come back. But at some point you have to assess what is, what is going to be best for us? Where can we heal? And for us, we just had to start looking for a different church to go to. And we didn't find one within that kind of conservative group that we were a part of. And we said, well, you know, maybe this is God stretching us to take this message and this work a little broader where we wouldn't have normally gone to a community church, you know, like we we would have stayed in our comfort zone. And so, um, so yeah. That's really, so one comment I have, and then we can move to on past this. You know, whenever you talk about this church's stand, and, and, and yeah. I agree, and I, I, I'm not trying to like say like you're painting them in a bad light or anything, um, but I'm just kind of like yeah. from my perspective, it's almost as if they are acting like Pharisees. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. Right. You know, yeah. like that's well, so, and we all we all know what Jesus how he felt about the Pharisees. You right. Know? So, and that that really is one of the things they're like, if you know anything about one of our board members, like you could say it and we would, we would use action. And I'm like, I am, I'm not here to be a whistleblower. See, Grace Story mm-hmm. wasn't started to be a whistleblower. There are plenty of stories that we know within the church. And it's not just our, my previous denomination. It's, it's everywhere. We know sure. the hidden stories of abuse that this silent suffering that leads to secret keeping and that leads to unchecked power and unchecked power breeds abuse. Like this is, this is kind of a formula. It's, it's been for generations. It's been for all of time and anywhere there's unchecked power, you can kind of believe something's happening behind closed doors and it's not everyone, but it's going to be some of them. And the fact that I was like, well, we do know stories, but I'm not here to be a whistleblower about any, any right. one of your right. pastors or church leaders. Gracery was simply started as an avenue for people who know something's off, but don't know how to get to help and eliminated as many of those scary unknowns between knowing you need help, but making that first call to a counselor is scary. Like, I don't know. I don't know what ACT and CBT and Gottman's theory. And I don't know what all those things are as the average person off the street. And so for us to be able to say, let's walk this road towards wholeness together. Um, one of the things we do offer is right on our homepage, gracerieministries.com. There is a free counselor referral service that we offer. And we, this is for all over the country. We've done multiple states now where we hook you up, you fill out a free confidential form and it goes right to our licensed counselor on staff. And he looks through however much of the questionnaire you want to fill out. If you have insurance, we stay within that. Like, and then, and we've hooked up just since November, um, over 60 people, like individuals with a personal counselor that are in counseling now this year, just because of that form. Um, not to mention, you know, whatever people have been inspired from going to conference or 
watching YouTube or the podcast, like there are different avenues that we have available, you know, and there's some people that are just doing it on their own, but others who are saying, I don't know where to start. And that gives them a really good place to start connecting with somebody who can walk them through towards healing. That's incredible. You know, um, because that is a big issue for so many people is, yeah, I know I need help, but where do we start? Right. right? You know, and I think it's a really important to have a very non-threatening place for people to start because we want them to continue to progress, right? right? You know, we don't want to just throw the most intense thing at them and they like, well, this is <laughs> right. too much. I got to back away. Right. Um, and that's why I like, that's why I think my podcast yeah. works is because it's about as non-threatening as it comes. Yeah, it's a conversation. Right? We're just starting with a conversation. Yeah. Yep. Where, and a lot of times, so what we do with conferences, we have the storytellers, but several years ago, my dad and I were going around men's retreats, things like that, sharing our family story. And, um, so from the father's perspective of, I did this to the daughter's perspective of this, this is how it stayed with me. And we had so many people that were just open mm -hmm. saying, whoa, okay, I think I did that to my family. How, what do I do now? We had no great follow-up. So when it came, I mean, stories are so great because they're relatable, but when it came to what am I going to do after doing like the trauma therapy that I did following that, I was like, well, there, I've got more work to do here. So I dug in, did trauma therapy and realized, okay, there's, there's something here. Our family is not the only one. So, and is not the only one that this is happening to behind closed doors. So starting Gracer, I thought, okay, the power of that relatable storyteller that opens people up to the reality like wow that isn't normal because when it's when it's our story yeah it's uncomfortable maybe we hate it maybe like other people are like me as a teenager i was like my dad travels for a living like couldn't he just get in a car wreck you know a million people die in a car wreck a year like god couldn't you just take him you know and just let this be over um but no he stayed around well <laughs> we have had some family healing that has been able to happen and and that's been a good thing but for what we do with grace story um both with the podcast and uh, we have a women's conference it's the first weekend of november in cincinnati and men's is the first weekend in may in cincinnati people come in from all over the place and we just meet right there it's like our mecca but um we pair those storytellers with a field expert in real time. So it's like, you've just heard this story on spouse betrayal, or you've just heard this story on intimacy or rape or suicide. And we don't shy away from the topics, but this is the power of, of the way that that format works is that when we bring out the field expert who is a licensed counselor or, you know, some, a, a spiritual instructor who has been in the field for years and we say, okay, here's what you do about it in real time so if you're looking at spouse betrayal here are those steps that you that you can walk right now because we go to these conferences and we get hyped up and we feel the camaraderie and the safety of community but the truth is we get back in our cars or get on that flight and we fly home and we turn the doorknob and we're walking back into the same life and mm -hmm. so we've heard the stories and we're like yeah i'm gonna be like them i'm gonna change my family tree you know, I'm going to really man up or I'm going to woman up, but we don't know how to do it. 
And we don't want a judgmental checklist that we have to work on all year and come back and see if we scored a good grade. And so that's not what we're about with grace stories. Like, okay, it's not about judgment. It's about the accountability of safe community that says, yeah, we're all going to mess up at some point. There are those times that we, um, you know, raise our voice with our kids or maybe go too far with passive aggressive towards our spouse and you know it and I know it and we're, we feel really crappy about it. What do I do to get out of that shame cycle so that I don't just stay angry and create more wounding, right? Because now we're in, we've fallen into the defense and we feel bad, but we don't want to say sorry again. And, you know, this cycle that each of us have that's unique to us, but we, we tend to recognize it. We tend to know, oh, this is, this is what I do every time. You know, every time I have a fight with my husband, this is what I do. And I don't know how to change that. And I wish I could. And so to be able to sit and learn, here's identifiers and you don't have to stay stuck. There's things you can do about this and no, it's not like a seven day, I'm a changed person program. You know, this is something mm -hmm. that we're committing to. That's why we call it the journey of restoration. This is a journey towards restoring what the way we say it back to that very beginning of the Bible, where it's relationship with God that was messed up in the garden. And we say, you know, um, the curse came then and started ruining relationships. And so we're restoring to that relationship that was lost with God. And if we can get that right, um, and it's not on us, there's, there's a God who's so much, our Heavenly Father, who's so much more interested in having a relationship with us than we could possibly understand. And He seeks us out, and He does want that. Um, and those of us with significant church trauma um, spiritual gaslighting that happens in some faith communities. And uh, that's part of what I'm working through, like in real time um, and understanding, well, that's the difference between, okay, that, that is, that was twisted to maintain some control within that faith community. Um, this is what the Bible really says. And so being able to get the story straight, is what really helps us because there's people with church trauma who are like, I'm never entering a church again. I will never trust another mm -hmm. faith mm -hmm. community mm -hmm. and saying, well, there's actually, you cannot heal in, in absence of people. You know, you can't mm -hmm. just withdraw and expect if you've been hurt relationally, the evidence shows you heal relationally. So you mm -hmm. heal by finding that community. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a part of us that has to have that. If you've been hurt physically, there's actually very positive ways, whether it's through healthy massage or healthy, you know, healthy physical touch where you can regain what was lost for childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, kids mm -hmm. that weren't hugged, um, you know, neglected in healthy physical ways um, or on the flip side, given very negative physical touch through over discipline mm -hmm. and or you know sexual abuse that sort of thing we have to heal in the ways and areas that we've been wounded and so where the creativity comes in that says how do i find what i need to you can call it reparenting or whatever kind of mental health term you want to call it but how do i find what i need in a healthy way now 
so that I can be the best version of myself um, possible. And that's not a guilt complex. That's not another layer of like shame of I should be doing this. This is just saying this is available. This is available to me. Mm-hmm. And if I take some intentionality, I can I can choose it. So do you find that people who have suffered trauma, do they some like do they feel like they're not worthy of God's love anymore and then you have to it's almost like showing them that no no matter what happens you're still worthy of that i think the messaging is unique so some people have a view of god so and that's part of getting the story straight is what really if i'm willing to sit in it honestly what narrative do i have about god even if i'm not a person of faith what is my narrative of who is god if i answer that question that would be an interesting journaling um exercise for people to do just to be honest you don't have to share it with somebody just with yourself, if you're honest, who do I believe God is? Because some of us have been handed, I mean, our, our authority structure is our first view of who God is. So is he vindictive? Is he, you know, is he just on a whim? Will he flip who he is so he's unpredictable? Like sometimes he's a good, loving, caring God and other times, and we're not sure what set him off, but other times he brings bad into our life just to remind us that he's in control. And then there's the, I've done so much. If you knew my story, then you would understand why God doesn't love me. And they have believed this lie about themselves that they're too much for God. They're too much for redemption. That's really interesting because I've never thought of it that way. Like I've only thought of the 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 second side of the coin that like you described, like you know, because yeah. in my experience, I have talked, I've I've heard of people and like heard people talk to the side of, you know, I'm God is great, but I'm not, so therefore I'm not worthy yeah. of His yeah. love. But the other, but 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 you bring out a, a very interesting second point where you didn't feel like God was loving, right? Or somebody, right. not you, yeah, but like yeah. somebody, you know. Um, yeah, and that's where I was and, with the gift cha- of God. That okay, was, okay. Yeah. That was that you. Was okay, me. interesting. And that's the thing. Why would you want to spend time in prayer or service to a God you're scared of? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. why are you going to reach? out and tell people this is the way right when you're scared of him and you're like uh uh hell is real and heaven is real i hope i get there on a technicality because i'm checking off all the rules and i'm obeying all the and i'm doing Mm. all the you know and so i'm going to get there on a technicality and i'm going to make it but when i get you're operating from like a scarcity mindset in that where you're like if i get there god is gonna have my little you know my little cabin over in a corner and he's gonna be like well i have to (laughs) let you in because you obeyed all the rules but i don't really you know i'm really disappointed that you're here and so (laughs) it's like well that's kind of a catch-22 like i don't want to go to hell because that's really scary but that's also not really great because he doesn't really want me there that's like not a great way to live your life no 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 not at all right so then when you can understand the God narrative that you have where you're like, okay, this is, this is truly how I see God. And if you do your own study 
and say, okay, I'm actually going to apply myself and it costs you something. It's not, you know, starting out, especially it's not really fun to do Bible study. Like it's a lot of big words and a lot of ancient history. And so like, you got to be on a mission to do this. But at the same time, if you're like, well, I want to know what is the character of God? Who are you really? And that was the question I asked them. I said, I've taught within the system. I've taught women's ministry for years. I've begged people like God, you know, wants this intimate relationship with you. Like you can have it and maybe I can't, but you can. And if I'm going to teach that, if God is a God of consistency, which he is, then he also Mm -hmm. loves me. He also wants this relationship with me. So And there's nothing I can do to add or detract from grace. So how do, how does that work for me? And so I just, I just took a step back. I was like, I'm not going to teach, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do active involvement in this, my church until I have figured this out. And that led to grace story. You know, that was part of that journey Mm. of, of digging in and doing the work and then waking up and realizing there are other people that have a God complex, not just me. <laughs> so, Yeah. And that, you know, and that helps the struggle. Yeah. Right. Like whenever you, and that's, I think that's a whole, po- like exactly the whole point of, of grace story is the community right. of it. Yeah. And I think that's what we're really all, uh, in, to me, that's what church is. Yeah. I mean, we're there with a common goal, obviously, and that is to pay homage to God. Um, but we're also we also need that community to help lift us up when we are we are feeling broken, and that's that's so important for for the well being of humans because we are yeah. social creatures. It's a huge part of what church is. Yeah, one thing my husband um, says through this, and as we're looking at being able to launch men's conference in May of twenty three, is he said as people of faith, we're used to doing things alone and um, we, you know, everything's in community, but there's also this kind of unwritten rule of perfection. That's like, you've been saved out of your sin. And so now, now you should be quite holy. And, and then when you realize you're messing up, there's this like, well, I got to fix it. And that part, you're trying to fix your life alone because if you admit that, well, I'm suffering with pornography addiction, or I am a closet alcoholic, or <laughs> I have rage that goes unchecked and I don't know how to stop it. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you tell that to your pastor, or you tell that to your accountability group at church, and they're like, whoa, well, steer clear of the Jones family because they have things going on. You don't want their kids playing over there. Right. It's a slippery um, slope. You know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, where do yeah. you get the help? Right. Right. And so, with Grace Story, we're saying (laughs) we're saying look we all know that it's a process so so redemption isn't is something where it's like we are constantly being redeemed into the likeness of god but that is not something that comes overnight and is not just like an instant upload like an app you know like i've got that now i can you know check that off and live my life and i'm holy and i think that is represented too in a lot of the way the world sees Christians, again, church as a whole, whatever kind of denomination you're from, one of the number one things you'll hear is that Christians are one of the most judgmental groups 
that people run into. Well, we could feel the same way, like within the church system. Yeah, we're judging each other. Whereas last year, I loved the way one lady said it as she was leaving Grace Story Conference. She said, I have felt safety, like the actual feeling of safety for the first time in my life. And one of the opening, um, one of the opening feedbacks we got was from, we had two ladies from totally different groups, very conservative, more on the liberal. And they said, there's finally a place for all of us because we're not about judging you. We're not about pushing a biblical agenda. I mean, we are unashamed. It's a biblical worldview, the conferences, but we're not about like you do this or you're not going to get healed. It's like, look, we're all broken people. We all have a history and we all have a unique narrative through which we see the world informed by the brokenness we came up in. So, so how do, how do we then come together as people and how do I edify you on your journey and you edify me on mine? We speak truth to one another. Um, how do we live our most authentic selves in safety? And we believe that's possible, but it's done in a community where the culture mindset is set from the very beginning of leadership down. We're doing this journey with you. Well, Amber, we're, uh, that was a quick hour for me. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we really got, and I don't, think we even scratched the surface of like the depth of this. So I think you and I should have more than one chat. Yeah. You know, so absolutely. Um, I want to continue this sometime again, uh, because this is a very important conversation. And, and I think in a time where so much of our country is losing faith in institutions mm -hmm. to have that there are institutions which we can trust is very important and i feel like that is really something that you are you are have going there and uh i i want to you know i want to give you a place to share that uh, you know, you. other than yeah. what you have and i yeah uh, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing so much about it and and again i we could go we could spend all night yeah. i think talking about this and then some yeah i think and i think what you guys are doing lines up with this well it's saying we've lived in a culture where institution has won for so long over the individual Mm -hmm. And we as we as just a country feel that and as faith communities, we feel that um, as, you know, even bringing it back to ag just for a minute in our mm -hmm. own community, you know, there was a time where the suicide hotline number is going out with the milk check because there's so many suicides and you just think, okay, so we're looking at the commodity over the individual. Yeah. And, and so for us at Grace Story, we're saying, look, we know there's a place for institutions. We know that, I mean, we are an organization, but we're an organization made up of individuals. We're a community made up of individuals. So let's start there where we see you and, mm -hmm. and then help you, you know, right. Um, right. not just try to do a blanket fix. Right. Right. So very good. Where can people find you online? 
Yeah. So we have, um, so Grace Story has a podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Um, there's teachings on all of that that give a little taste of what conference is. Uh, we do have our women's conference coming up in Cincinnati right around the corner, first week okay. of November. You can register online for that. Um, men's is in May of next year. Both of those are in Cincinnati. Information at gracestoryministries.com. Um, all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, you can just search Grace Story. You'll find us. Mine is My Grace Story. Um, and then um, the counseling referral service is right there on the homepage of gracestoryministries.com. And I would really encourage your listeners um, that are ready for change, ready to look, turn and look their history in the face and say, it stops here. Let's get the story straight. I really encourage them to take that first step right there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, you know, we'll revisit this soon. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Amber. Oh, shoot. I did the wrong, hit the wrong button. There. There we go. All right. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah, like for. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.